0: Welcome to the podglomerate. For everything that you
1: were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the sex rap. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the sex rap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, BFFs and co-hosts and producers and sexperts extraordinaire. That's (laughs) That's S, right.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. A lot of days, I don't feel like I'm all of those words. Like, are you familiar with imposter syndrome?
1: Yeah. It means that you don't feel like you are the person that you are.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like I keep, I have I've been at, I went to college for a long time. I have a lot of letters associated with my name, like that whole <laughs> alphabet that comes after it. And I'm in situations where I'm expected to be an expert. And people are like, "Hey, Andrew, what's this thing? Do you know?" Or I sit in meetings and I'm like, uh, "I guess I'm the expert." It's really weird. So now I just pretend I'm the expert all the time, and other people believe me, and it's actually pretty great. I still like. I feel like I'm an imposter, but I just and I'm an imposter expert.
1: Well. I mean everybody feels like that sometimes and that's another great thing to remember that you know everybody goes through those times when you don't feel secure and you don't feel like you know what you should know and you don't feel as um maybe enlightened as you
0: (laughs) are on any
1: one topic um but but there are
0: times where i don't feel like it yeah so whenever i'm talking about sex stuff with people like any kind of sexual health related stuff, I do feel like the expert. And I often feel like I'm surrounded by idiots. Because (laughs) what are you doing? Now, not you listeners. None of you are idiots. You ask us great questions and you help us make a great show. Um, But it's kind of funny the places in our life where we do feel like we're experts. And I don't know. I think it's really kind of fun, that part of the development. But... That imposter syndrome thing, it is real. So all of our listeners, if you're out there and you're ever in a situation where people expect you to know something or do something or be good at something and you're like, what the crap, (laughs) right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's also like sometimes you'll surprise yourself when, you know, somebody asks you something and you realize you do really know the answer and you can actually talk a lot about it. And then that feels really good too, to kind of have that opposite experience. Like, oh, I do kind of know some stuff here.
0: <laughs> and the more you listen to us, the more you know about sex, mm. which is really the fun part because you can move to the to be the expert who tells friends the crazy weird facts that we reveal on our
1: show. That <laughs> <do> we reveal.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. um uh, like White,
1: yeah. Ooh. Oh. My God.
0: I mean, I would, I would totally quit my job right now for hers. Just, like, walk back and forth, hit letters for a couple million dollars a year for, like, two days a week. Oh, my I gosh. I
1: love her dresses.
0: Uh, okay. Oh. All of all all of them? They're so what? sparkly. I do like some of them, but some of them remind me that the people who were the producers of the shows in the 60s and 70s have not died yet and are still <laughs> producing the show, selecting dresses that look like she's in the 60s and 70s. I'm like, holy shoulder pads, Vanna. He is, we're uh, talking 1981. about Wheel
1: of Fortune for people who don't know what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> hey, Spring, when's the last time you watched an episode of Wheel of Fortune?
1: Um, When I was a child.
0: Yeah, I can't remember the last time I watched it. You spin a wheel, you guess letters, and then there's some kind of puzzle, and you guess it.
1: Yeah. Like, I feel like nobody actually watches Wheel of Fortune, but I feel like most people know what it is.
0: I mean, when I was a kid, my grandparents watched it all the time. Like, yeah, every single dad, day, like, they dad. would turn off any yeah, other yeah, show yeah, to turn yeah. on Pat yeah, and Vanna. Yeah, like,
1: and my grandpa knew every single answer. I think it's because he watched them earlier in the day, though. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Cheating. Cheating. Wow. Talk about imposters. That's awesome. What an awesome grandpa. Like, I'm so smart. I knew all the puzzles. I'm cheating a little bit. I'm just cheating a
1: little bit right now. Wow. Okay. So today we have a question that we're going to answer that is so timely.
0: Yeah. I mean, and thank you for submitting these questions. There's a ton of anxiety about this topic right now. Um, The question is, I'm freaking out so much about COVID-19 that I'm not having sex anymore. What should I do?
1: And COVID-19 is coronavirus.
0: Um, Right. It's that big pandemic going around. It started in China, Wuhan, China. And now it's pretty much everywhere. And the media is sort of making people freak out.
1: Yeah. And, um... I think, you know, we can actually substitute most anything in this uh, question, like I'm freaking about, ah, and it's affecting my sex life also. So like, let's talk a little bit, you know, about how um, anxiety and freaking out and stress can affect our sex lives. And then also um, specifically about coronavirus.
0: Yeah. So I mean, in in our show, we've talked a lot about different kinds of anxiety that get in the way of people enjoying sex or having sex or initiating sex or having orgasms from sex. Um, We've talked about like men and penis size or how much cum someone might produce or the size and the shape of labia. We've talked about innies and outies, vagina. I mean, all of that stuff causes people anxiety and all of it gets in the way of sex. And all of those questions are much more like directly related to the individual, to to the listeners, to your body and what you're doing with it. Um, This one's a little more abstract, though, and it comes from outside. But what we know is that anytime that you're worrying a lot about something, anytime that there's a lot of anxiety going on inside of your body, both worry and anxiety can get in the way of you really enjoying intimacy with another person because your brain constantly keeps nagging and focusing on the source of the anxiety right
1: yeah and when we experience anxiety it is hard to think about anything else it does kind of start to drive the engine so to speak so that instead of being able to listen to other cues that your body's giving you, including like hunger, horniness, like anything else that you might want to do with your day, these other feelings can kind of override them. And so it is really natural and normal that when you're worried about something, it kind of gets in the way of your sex life. Um, And so we'll start to think about some of these like more generalized anxiety Issues and like these broader issues that are affecting sex life instead of like very specific bodily type things here.
0: Did you know, Spring, that uh I am a very low anxiety person? Like my whole life, I really don't, like I don't get really anxious about things. I don't get a lot of anxiety about things. I'm usually pretty like you could never tell by listening on the show because I'm pretty excitable and I'm high energy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many things to talk about. I'm gonna go so fast. No one can understand what I'm saying. But that's done out of like pleasant. Excitement. I don't really have a lot of anxiety, except in one place, and it sounds really crazy. I'm like, you know what the one place is? Doing
1: deep breaths just to calm myself down while you're talking.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, and right, and, and spring is the calming voice who brings me back to reality on the show. So sometimes you can't even tell, right, just externally if someone is dealing with anxiety. People who perceive me would think that I have anxiety or that I'm anxious about the world, or I'm really not. I'm I, I'm pretty. Pretty rational and logical. I do and- get really anxious though if I walk into Neiman Marcus because all of a sudden a whole bunch of of people just like rush at you asking what, you, <laughs> what you're going to buy and what you need. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's too expensive. I don't know. No, but I'm pretty low anxiety. Um, so when I get these questions, it really makes me think about myself and how I got to where I am um, to a place where, you know, like the world happens around me. And while I'm not okay with all the bad stuff, it doesn't hit me in a way that puts my brain into that spin where it starts interfering with me enjoying my life and what's going on. So, well,
1: I'm very excited to listen to how you got there because I think I'm the opposite where I do allow things to highly affect me. And, um, and I also think, you know, that people might not really realize that because I, seem calm I think in a lot of ways and I also you know I'm a yoga teacher and I think people um don't realize like how much things
0: do affect me and like how much work I have to do (laughs) to try to I mean spring does a ton of a ton (laughs) of work she does like dance and yoga and meditation she's gonna have a meditation for all of you sometime in the next month we're gonna get that Mm, online um but she does a ton of work to be calm and rational. It's just, it's really crazy all of the different paths that people take to get to a point. For me, my whole thing is about where do I have control? Where do I not have control? And what are my expectations? And where do those expectations come from? And if I come into situations with those like two ideas you know, at the top of my head like, well, you know, I don't really have a lot of control over the situation. And if I don't have personal control, then it's not worth me getting flustered, right? Like, uh, uh, the outcome might not be the way that I want it to be. But if it wasn't my fault, and of all of the factors surrounding me, like I did the best that I could, I'm not going to be upset about whatever happens. If I do have control, I'm a pretty forceful person. Um, Spring (laughs) and I have had a lot of conversations about this, where I need to chill out and back off. And I know this about myself. So it's about establishing control in meaningful ways for me Um, and if i know i've done either if i don't have control and something happens and i'm unhappy about it i don't let it hit me too hard or stay with me if i do have control and i've done my best exerting my power where i can my agency uh, whatever the outcome is i know that i've done my best and i'm usually pretty okay with it Um, and a lot of times for me. Uh, I'm really critical of messages in the world around me, whether it's news or science or other people or talking heads. Um, and my being critical of them doesn't let their hysteria sort of get into my headspace. Like, uh, so our questions about COVID-19, I think a lot of the hysteria or anxiety that people are feeling about it comes from media figures or social media posts or your grandparents on Facebook posting crazy stuff, right? <laughs> that sort of forces that wedge into your brain set, telling you that you should feel crazy about this right now. You should be really worried about this right now. And because of the way that I interact with messages, most of the time someone tells me I should feel really upset or crazy about something and I'm, I do a little like, hold up. Let me ask some questions <laughs> and dig down. Um, and it kind of mimics springs meditation, but it's a, it's a different brain pathway that gets me to feeling better about the situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that what you're talking about is really um being uh, media literate right so like you are really examining the messages and where they're coming from and really looking at what they're saying so that you know is a real skill it's starting to like really try to understand what messages are telling us and how credible they are and um And you know, when we're dealing with something like coronavirus and we are, you know, learning more and more every day about it, it can be really challenging to figure out, you know, which things are the most credible and which messages we should be listening to and and what we should actually then be doing about that. So I think, you know, this is a really great question for us to talk about and like it leads us down so many pathways. Like it's this generalized anxiety, it's how do these things affect us? How do they affect our sex life? And it's also like, what are these good sources and where should we really be looking for information about this?
0: And we will uh, be back in just a few minutes with some of those sources uh, because it's time for us to take a short break. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Welcome back to The Sex Wrap. Today, we're having a kind of side conversation, um, but something that I really like about it is when we talk about COVID-19 and sex, um, there's actually a lot of ways that we can relate the two, Mm. right? Like people have a lot of fears about sexually transmissible diseases, STDs. Um, People have a lot of fears based on the media. Something that I think is really relevant is that a lot of the questions we've gotten uh, we've got from our listeners over the past few years are about people feeling bad because of the way social media makes them feel. I think COVID, coronavirus, and SARS and swine flu and pit, like all of those different diseases, they kind of tap into that same sort of pathway that makes us feel insecure, right? Like you see all of those Insta- Instagram models or TikTok models that look perfect and beautiful all the time without understanding that like there's tons of edits going on and that they're trying to make you feel that way. I think the COVID advertisements are doing the same kind of thing to try to amp up your anxiety and make you afraid. Um, and I think Spring and I are both here to tell you today that fear is not the response that you should be having to this right now. Um, but instead, let's talk a little bit about like, what you should know and where you can get real meaningful statistics, right? Like, I don't know. I keep seeing people say that, like, oh, mortality rate, it's so dangerous, it's deadly. And it is dangerous, right? And it can kill people, right? The mortality rate is somewhere between 2 and 3%. That means between 2 and 3% of the entire population of people who contract it die, right? Mm-hmm. So that seems like a huge number. But if we look into that a little bit more, that mortality rate, if you are under 18 or under 25 or under 30, that mortality rate is almost zero, right? Right.
1: So we're really looking at people that have really compromised immune systems in some way. These are the people that are going to die from coronavirus. So, I mean, um, that is actually similar to a lot of things that people are not worried about. So, for example, the flu is something that people die from when you have a very compromised immune system. And I would say probably none of you listening to this are worried about, <laughs> so worried about contracting the flu. Um, and that's, you know, where we start to want to take this as like lo- looking at not only the percentage of people that might die from it but then also who are these people and like am i actually in that population that is at risk
0: and then uh along with that is what can i do to help protect those people at risk as well um so people with compromised immune systems so there are people with certain diseases or infections or people who have had organ transplants who have compromised immune systems there's lots of people with different um Uh, health issues where you take medications to actually compromise your immune system on purpose. Um, And then very, very young people. So like infants and toddlers, and then very, very old people, people in their sixties and seventies and eighties. So those are the groups who are really at risk. If you're not one of those in those groups, the most likely outcome of you contracting coronavirus is nothing. And then after that is a mild cold or mild flu symptom. Right? So, I mean, if we're, trying to reduce some of your general anxiety about it, if you're a young, healthy person, chances are you won't even know if you contract it at all. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Now we're not trying to minimize it and say it's not a serious public health issue, right? Because if you have grandparents, right? Or if you have friends with compromised immune system, or if your mom has rheumatoid arthritis and she's on one of those drugs that purposefully interferes with her immune system, those people are all at great risk. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have to start looking at it. But being afraid and freaking out, I don't know. Spring, have you seen the crazy pictures of people going to like a Costco and buying all of the toilet paper. Do you know that
1: in New York City you cannot buy hand sanitizers, you cannot buy Clorox wipes, you cannot buy face masks. Like every single store is out of all of these things and has been and it and we can't even get them. And it's so funny because people have just been so freaked out that they've bought up all these things and I'm thinking to myself you live in New York and you touch things on the subway every day. We should have been sold out a hand sanitizer years ago.
0: <laughs> I mean, right. The actual risk. Huh. I, mean, I mean, but that's the whole country right now. Like people like I live in Miami, as you all know, um, and hurricanes hit here. Okay, not hit, but hurricanes like come close to Miami with frequency um, and people flip out and they go and they buy everything off of all of the shelves and coronavirus this COVID-19 has had a kind of similar effect. I was at the grocery store just a couple days ago. The bread aisle was completely bare. There was no, I don't drink milk, but there was no milk. I was like, whoa, there was no bottled water. And like Spring said, in the entire city of Miami, there is no bleach, there's no Clorox wipe, there's no hand sanitizer. I mean, it's a great day of business for Bath and Body Works, right? All those little $2 hand sanitizers with way too much scent are gone, but How many of them do you have?
1: (laughs) Andrew loves loves hand sanitizer. (laughs) He's digging in his pocket right now. How many do you have in in your pocket at this moment?
0: (laughs) So I have this one right here. It's called uh, Be the But First Champagne. But first champagne. And then I have this little wage works. It looks like a pen, but it's actually Mm. a spray. I have two, but (laughs) I work in a school of nursing, everybody, and people go work at hospitals, and they come back here to my classroom in dirty scrubs with, like, spots on them. Freaks me out.
1: So... (laughs) So we talked a little bit about, you know, who is actually at risk, um, from coronavirus. So we know that, um, you aren't going to be at super great risk, um, for dying from it. You could still contract it and you might have some mild symptoms. Um, but let's talk about how do we actually prevent the spread and how do we protect those people around us? So, the thing that we wanna do the most is practice what we call universal precautions. And these are just things that you really should be doing all the time every day. And um, it's kind of like people forget about them when they're feeling great and healthy and there's not a disease scare in the media. But these are really things that we should be doing all the time. So, oh, Andrew just found another hand sanitizer on his desk. He has a lot. <laughs> Ew. Ew. I can't let that sound. Um, so yeah, use hand sanitizer. I mean, the biggest one, the biggest one is wash your hands. And you know that washing hands is like the greatest public health discovery in the world. Like that is the thing that changed the life course of people.
0: It's insane. Like, it's something like between 70 and 90% of all sickness, all infections, all kind of communicable disease would go away if people washed yeah, their hands. It is. Do you want to hear a really disturbing statistic? I'm, I'm already really afraid. So, uh, so, there's a uh, quite a few studies now that show that doctors and nurses only 30 to 40% of them wash their hands between patients. Yeah.
1: That's a really common thing in hospitals that um, a lot of signs about remembering to wash your hands and um, yeah, it's so important to wash your hands and you need to use warm water and you need to use soap and you need to scrub your hands for 20 seconds. So you need to like sing happy birthday or the ABCs to yourself in your head or out loud if you have a really great voice or if you just want to share it with the world. Um, Sing something so that you know it's lasted actually 20 seconds and you know that you've done it long enough to kill the germs. So. Like that's that's the number one thing to do is make sure that you're washing your hands.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and it's really simple. It's easy. You all know how to do it. Um, so just wash your hands, people. Just everyone wash your hands. But there's a couple other things that you can do, right? Like if you feel sick, stay home. Now, this is a really hard one, especially if you're one of our listeners in the United States, because a lot of the times if you're a student in school, you have limited sick days, or so your teachers don't give you extensions, or if you miss an exam, you get penalized. You can send them to us, and we'll 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 let them know that you're staying home because you're trying not to spread coronavirus. Um, also, we have a system where a lot of people don't have sick days, or they could lose their jobs, right? So this should be common sense. Where if you are experiencing symptoms of the flu or symptoms of uh, COVID coronavirus, um, and they're pretty similar, except coronavirus is mostly have like a cough and uh, like fever. You typically don't have as much of a runny nose, so that's like the biggest difference between like the, a cold and the flu and uh, the COVID. Most people with COVID don't have like snot locks.
1: <laughs> gross! Don't ever say that phrase again. I know, I Did you just
0: make that up? grossing everyone out a little bit before. today? Um, but uh, if you are going to be coughing, there's a couple things that you should be doing, right? Um. I think one of when I was a little kid in kindergarten, they taught me to like cough into your hands so you don't cough on other people. But then you touch everything oh, with your hands, so don't ever oh, cough into your hands or don't ever sneeze into your hands.
1: Oh, you're supposed to like, do it into your elbow.
0: Like I call it the vampire cough because you like you like you put it over <laughs> like, ha, 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 cough into. Or your, uh,
1: I can't I can't say it. Would it? Because <laughs> I sound silly when I say it. Can you tell people what else it looks like? Uh, what else it like? <laughs> like you're dabbing dabbing
0: yeah, I can't oh. say that oh oh that. Dab yeah. cough. <laughs> if you could see me right now, we should record these and just show the video to people because we look ridiculous so make be good for YouTube but right? hey YouTube uh welcome back to my channel oh, God. um uh, yeah, it kind of looks like you're dabbing. Sneeze into your arm and then use tissues once and then throw them away. Don't wad them up and put them in uh, your pocket and save them for later. Like Tissues are single use on oh, purpose. Oh, yeah, so. Okay. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so
1: these are like just basic things. And it might sound silly, but it's really important. And like, the these are the ways that, you know, infections spread really easily. And it's pretty easy to take charge of these things and to make sure that you are not only protecting yourself, but you're also protecting other people because you can pick up something and pass it on. And you might have such a mild case that you don't even notice it, but you could be spreading it. And so that's that's why it's important for everybody to be doing these things, to take these universal precautions. And and what universal precautions actually means is to treat everybody as if they have an infection. So you are universally saying, I don't want to get something. So you treat everybody as if they might have something you don't want to get. So after you shake someone's hand, even if you're like, I know they're not sick, you wash your hands because you act as if maybe you could have just received something. and. Yeah. Yes.
0: I was going to say shaking hands is one of the weirdest things to me anyway. Talk about like the grossest greeting. Like, hey, the part of my body that touches everything is now going to touch another person just spreading the love. Spreading uh, you the can love. do some um,
1: my my mom suggested that we should be doing elbow bumps as greetings.
0: I la- I fist bump people pretty well. This is elbow bump. Like, I'm OK bump. with fist bumping, but elbow you know bumps it? is better. I don't even, yeah.
1: I've never done an elbow bump in my life, I don't think.
0: Next time I see, I'm going to elbow <laughs> bump
1: you.
0: <laughs> we should have recorded the screen today. Um, If you have a lot of anxiety about coronavirus, though, we do know that it is also spread through aerial droplets. That means if someone coughs or sneezes, Mm -hmm. it can be spread. So there are some other things that you can do to help protect yourself, right? You can stay away out of crowded places. Don't go to crowded venues, right? Like don't go uh, to concerts or don't go to shows. Um, Now, if there are cases in your school or in the town where you live, then you just exercise additional precautions right have your groceries if you can have groceries delivered to your house kind of thing like there are way things that you can do but, um,
1: but also something we that i don't think that you should be really concerned about this this is just like if you need extra tools to help you feel calmer then you know these are extra right. steps that you could take
0: and notice we we did not say wear a mask mm-hmm. as a single one of these protective yeah uh protective sort of tools um if you are sick that is when you should wear a mask to prevent spreading it to other people healthy people wearing masks does not prevent the spread to you very Mm. well unless you also wear like a mask you wear something called ppe protective gear where you wear goggles and a mask and gloves like that's the only way that it works (laughs) preventing you from getting it Um, you want there to be masks for people who aren't feeling good and that's one of the problems is that all of the masks are gone everywhere and people are now charging Mm. like hundreds of dollars for an individual mask and and listeners masks don't really protect you right they work best if someone who's sick has one and then it protects you because you want sick people to wear them yeah
1: yeah so I mean, I think that it's really interesting. Like this whole question started where we we're talking about, you know, this is affecting my sex life. And like um, and we're talking about universal precautions. And I would also just like to expand that a little bit to talk about universal precautions and engaging in sexual activities. Right. And that is the exact yep. same thing thing that we're talking about, you know, that's why you should be using a condom with everybody. Like that is why we recommend like these safe sex behaviors, using dental dams, using condoms and flavored condoms, because you don't know who has something and you want to be able to protect yourself. And it's that exact same idea.
0: I mean, the reason why we're answering this question today is first to bring down people's anxiety and then second to show people that, the same kind of protection that you should use when you're engaging in sex with other people, like the same thought process, like these are the steps that I can do to ensure my health and their health, are the same kind of steps, except this time you don't need condoms, right, for, for coronavirus. Instead, it's like hand washing and then just general hygiene practices in public spaces. Um it's all about thinking about what can I do to make sure that I can have nice sex tomorrow? And what can I do to make sure that you have nice sex tomorrow? And if you can kind of keep that in the forefront of your mind, it's really not that bad of an issue in terms of anxiety anymore. Right. And I hope you don't feel as anxious about coronavirus and I'm sorry that it's getting in the way of you having good sex. And I think that like, we have a lot of work to do as a society to help people get that kind of literacy where they understand what these messages are, what they mean and what to do about Mm -hmm. them as well. Right. I, I mean, the news is driving people crazy. Um, I have a lot of friends who just go home and they watch it all night long and and they get freaked out more and more and more. Of course that's going to get in the way of your sex because the media is pumping you up. Media is also owned by billionaires who want you to spend money buying (laughs) hand sanitizer from companies that they (laughs) own. Right. Like, It's on purpose that they're raising anxiety to this level. Should you be concerned for your health? A little bit. Should you be concerned to the point where it's interfering with your whole life? Absolutely not. Should you be concerned in a way that you want to protect other people 100%? And if you put yourself in that mindset, you're going to be fine. You're going to get through fine. And if you make sure that your family is on board with you, right? These are important messages for you and your family, this universal precautions and what can I do to be safe? Making sure that people in your life also follow them is really important. Also, everybody just wash your hands anyway, like regardless, outside of sex, outside of COVID, just wash your freaking hands. Just wash your hands, wash your hands people.
1: It's just, it's so easy to do. (laughs) <laughs> and, um yeah, so, I mean, I'm really glad that we had this question today because I think, you know, it also, it just relates to um, so many aspects of our lives that, you know, we get overly concerned about or we like see things in the news and we just uh, think that, you know, it's the end of the world. And the only thing where it's really the end of the world is climate change. Um <laughs> so that one
0: are you telling me i should feel a one, little bit anxious about that one some more things about
1: everyone um <laughs> everyone should add a few pro-environmental behaviors into their day as well wash your hands and then also make sure you're reusing a reusable cup and fork and <laughs> and bags and not ones that are disposable okay okay <laughs>
0: So okay. maybe we'll like uh, get rid of the period and just the tip and replace it with Andrew and Spriggs environmental lessons to not die from yeah. climate change.
1: So, yeah, we're talking about washing hands. So, yeah, let's just also use reusable cups and silverware that you keep with you and you can wash those at the same time when you're washing your hands. Look, it all fits right in.
0: That's <laughs> really that's a lovely wrap up for the story. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I hope that you were able to take something important from this. If you are having some generalized anxiety that's getting in the way of sex and the rest of your life, maybe it's down a little bit. If not, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or you have any follow up for this episode, let us know. Uh, So, Spring, do you have a tip for today?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the overall tip here is to, I want to say, keep calm and carry on. Um, I don't, I don't even like those memes. Uh, but you know, it really is that if you stay calm and you just like relax a little bit about this, like that's going to be the number one preventive measure that you can take, um, besides washing your hands, because, um, The anxiety and stress like actually really compromises your immune system, you know, and it does affect not only how you feel um, mentally and how you're engaging with people, but also um, how you feel um, in your life. So, yeah, I think, you know, relax a little bit. Don't worry about it as much and um, and tell other people that as well.
0: My tip is wash (laughs) your hands. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, And wash your hands. I'm glad that people are asking us these questions. I think these are really important, pertinent questions to be asking right now. And at the end of the day, uh, you should be thinking, what can we do to all be safe and happy and healthy? And if we all work on that together, you're going to have great Mm. sex, too. That's it. So, uh, if, like I said, if you have any follow up, just let us know. You can call us. We're 413 I wrap it. That's wrap with W. W. We're the sex wrap at gmail.com. And you should check out our social media. We're really active on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the sex wrap. Thanks for listening, and everyone.
1: We're also going to put links to the CDC in our show notes. We always put great links in there, but that is your number one source for information on coronavirus, not anything else. Yeah.
0: Love Thanks, you, CDC. Bye.